What up, what up? I go by the name of Jabari. Back another Monday, another Words with Friends podcast. If you guys don't know, you can support the Words with Friends podcast if you're getting value from the conversations. If some of these inspiring folks I talk to are inspiring you to get up and do whatever it is you want to do in your life, then please support it with as little as a $1 tip on Patreon.com. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Jabari. And you can leave as little as a $1 tip to the Words of Friends podcast. And that ensures that I keep this thing coming to you guys as frequent as possible. All right. Without further ado, right now I have my man, Mark E. Basie. What's hey, up, bro? What's good, bro? Chilling, man. Good to see you. I know, man. When was the last time we seen each other? I saw you at a swimming pool uh, <laughs> party. Maybe like a few months Six months ago? Was that a year ago? Um, you have no idea what I'm talking about, huh? No, because that was that's a that's a lie, man. That wasn't the last time. When was that? Last time? I'm trying to think of what swimming pool party that was. Bro, remember we were like at some apartment complex, and there was like, you have no idea what I'm talking about right now. Nah, cause Bro, that was it. The last time, the last time we saw each other was at um, um, Moki's birthday. Oh yeah. Okay. Before that, yeah, but what <laughs> I don't know what it was with Moki and all those same people. We're in like North Hollywood. You remember? Oh, that yeah, 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 yeah. But that was nah, man. I've seen you like four times uh, uh, <laughs> in between that, but uh, okay. Um, but yeah, man, we're, we're just closing some doors right now, Sorry. folks. It's a rough um, time here. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, uh. Let's talk a little bit about how we first met, though. Um, we first met at a classic CMJ showcase in New York City. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to say the date. It was so long ago. But Man. Maybe 2009? Nah, it wasn't that long Ten. ago. 10, I'd say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe 2010. No, but that, I was, uh, someone recently, Dan Weissman recently posted the flyer from that event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like... It was crazy. Big Sean... Mike Posner, Theophilus London, yep. 2 a.m. club, yep. RIP 2 a.m. club. <laughs> oh, man, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of. Um, that's where we first met, right? You yeah, were, and uh, Sean Christopher. Sean Christopher. And uh, I was hosting it. Yeah. Crazy show, man. That was really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an epic show, man. That was that was the first time I met you guys. First time I saw your band that, that you are and were in, uh, 2 a.m. club, perform. Yes, sir. Um... Man, tell me a little bit about just uh, growing up in the Bay and, you know, how you started singing. And, you know, first of all, let the people know even what you do. I, we just jumped right into this. They don't even know who you are. Um, well, my name is Mark Griffin, a.k.a. Marky Basie. And I, uh, I've been a singer, songwriter, uh, front person in a band since... You know, since I was really, since I was like 17, I'm 27 now, so almost 10 years. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, I started off uh, in high school, like, being a, you know, like an MC and doing like slam poetry and um, that sort of thing. And that used to be popular. <laughs> that seems like a lifetime ago. It's oddly circling back around. Hey, I was going to say, I was yeah, going to say, man, weird. with the internet, it's, it's just, been, a, it's the same as battle rap, man. Yeah, it's been dead for a while, yeah. but it's really coming back, which I actually enjoy watching people care about like the art of you know being a wordsmith um but that's kind of where I started and then I moved to LA after high school to sort of like you know give it a go 
uh, in the industry and I ended up uh, joining forces with some really talented cats, one that I had grown up with and a few that I met along the way. And we started this incredible band that was, you know, took the entire focus of my whole entire being for, you know, five, five or six years. And we had a record deal, got a publishing deal, toured, played with everybody, been to every city in the country. And it was really like one of the best things I've ever, probably the best thing I've been a part of, but it kind of recently, you know, in the past two years, just never materialized in a way that was beneficial enough for all six of us to continue doing it. And so we kind of decided to go our separate ways, but it's, you know, something that there's no regrets and we all like really love each other. And when you spend that much time with people, they really turn into family. Yeah. So we still rock and we still do stuff together, but it's just kind of made more sense to start doing other things. Talk about, man, I mean, when I first saw you guys, um, I was just blown away, you know what I mean? Because at, at that time, too, in my youth, maybe that was 2009, you know, I don't know, but it was like, it was a while ago, man, four or five years ago, right, yeah. where I was introduced to you guys. I was, you know, my early 20s, man, just fresh out of college, and I was really into hip-hop. Like, I wasn't, I had been, like, into other sort of genres a little bit, but, like, you know, for the most part, man, I was like a hip hop dude, grew up on it and like, you know, I'm and still a hip hop head very much. So but now I'm just a little more well rounded in my musical taste and like even acceptance. But like when I saw you guys, it didn't even matter that you guys were a band and like singer and then you had, you know, Tyler's rapping and stuff, but like it was just you guys commanded attention and I think it was because you guys were a live band up there and it was like you know how much six of you guys yeah, um you know it was just it was very different than like a, 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 a rapper on a mic you know what I mean yeah and um and yeah so you know but at the same time I felt like you guys were like like teetering in this hip-hop world you know yeah. what I mean like you guys were a, sort of I mean I guess you would call it a pop band but you were you were teetering on hip hop. Well, that know? was the thing that was always the struggle. Is like I'm from the Bay Area. I grew up listening to you know Bay Area rap, mm -hmm. Tupac, Mac Train, fucking Mac Marlin, E40, and yeah. you know all that. The team, the pack, shit like that. The pack was later on, but so I come from hip hop music. I don't come from rock and roll music. I come from classic soul music that my parents played, yep. and then like heavy into hip hop, but. For me, I kind of joined a band because I just admired the musicianship, you know? And I wanted to be a part of that. That was always more interesting to me than just being, like, some white kid rapping. Mm -hmm. Like, that shit, to me, is... It's also, like, it's all about timing, you know? Like, when I was a senior in high school, like, literally the only white rapper that I could look at with any kind of, like, credibility was Eminem. And that man's a god, you know. <laughs> when, it, yeah. when it's all said and done, like there's no color really. Music doesn't really know color. I feel yeah, like, yeah. and he's just well, it does, but he he surpasses all that. But all this like, like, like suburban white boy lifestyle rap, mm -hmm. like I could never be a part of that. You know, that mm -hmm. shit. Like I've never been cool with that. I've never never now me. this is interesting why I mean I mean because you know it's like you you just said music has no color but then sort of retracted the statement a bit because right because it's it, just like I don't care about like like I grew up in San Francisco yeah right and then I I'm, I went to high school uh, in the suburbs but I was just I've always been like the little white kid like trying to you know 
being in the hood and shit and like going around with crazy ass friends and I've always just I've always just put like rappers and I I put that's funny that I said it, I I do see color I guess like I put black music on a pedestal like that's the sacred thing like from jazz to the blues to rock and roll to hip hop that's all black music and I feel like as a white person I have to be careful about like being really authentic and not being like a, a culture vulture like mm -hmm. they like to say or whatever yeah and I think even for black people too like I think no one cares anymore that's why Iggy Azalea is the biggest rapper in the world she's just a white girl from Australia it's like no one cares anymore you can be anyone from anywhere and imitate anything and everyone's cool with it but is that is that is that are they really cool with it or are they just like you know what I mean like at the end of the day is it I don't know if if appropriation is the right word but like is it is it like a lot of stuff right now just seems way too inauthentic you know what I mean and it's I, and like, I and it's like it's to the point where it's like it does authentic authenticity even matter it doesn't matter anymore no mm. so that's like but the struggle as an artist is to try to find a way to be but yeah but but the, but the minute you take away your authenticity then you're not a real artist anymore yeah so right? it's like I guess for me I just bringing it back to why I joined the band and mm -hmm. everything and also one of the complications with being in that particular band 2AM Club was that like I I didn't want to just try to be like you know the little like white kid trying to like rap that wasn't even cool back then you know that wasn't like a thing there wasn't a lane for that mm -hmm. if I was 17 right now like in the same 17 year old mind that I was in 10 years ago I'm sure I would just make YouTube videos and be a little rapper and copy Mac Miller and all these people that blew it wide open for anyone could just pretend like I'm smoking weed and sipping lean and I'm in high school holy shit like, yeah. I have bitches whatever like I did all that shit in high school so I probably would have done that but I was just it was really important to me to be as authentic as possible and at the time I was really connecting with this kid Matt Reagan and his the way he played guitar so I was like, that seems really, that fits, that feels comfortable. Like I can kind of sing and rap and use my hip hop influence and infuse it into this kid's amazing guitar playing. Mm -hmm. And that was how we formed the band. And along the way, I lost myself and I lost all my connection to hip hop music. But that's always been the culture that I embraced and then embraced me. So that's why you saw 2AM Club touring with Chitty Bang, yeah. with Big Sean. With Mike Posner, that's why we were on that showcase. Mm -hmm. But then, this is getting complicated. <laughs> but the audience could see, like, like you said, there was like this hip hop thing. Like we weren't like just some white like ass band playing rock and roll music. Like yeah. we had groove. People were rocking with us. It was it was soulful. It was soulful. And that's that's your and your voice especially though. Yeah. Out of everything is like. You know, I don't, and maybe I'm just using soulful as a synonym for black, you know what I mean? But like, if no, seriously, like that, you know, your voice, it's not, it's not like a, just a, you know, a lot of times I'll play your, your, your project now and like, you know, people will be like, oh, where is he from? And I'll say the Bay and they'll be like, oh, like, do you have like, you like, can't show me him or something like that. And like, they'll surprise that you're a white guy. Yeah. You know? Of course. Yeah. Well, that's just, you know, I grew up like really heavily influenced by black music and it was always uh, my dad was always playing soul music and I love white music too it's not like that I don't mean, mean it to be so like racial because I really don't care about race like 
personally, but it is important, I feel like, in music nowadays for people to remember, like, where stuff things, came from. Where genres come from. Like, Absolutely. I feel, I feel, like, damn near sick to my stomach when I see just how, like, how easy it is for anyone to say anything at any time, and it's just like, no one cares about anything out here, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, when I was in high school, even, like, if you wore a t-shirt, for example, that had, like, a band name on it, like, if you had a t-shirt that said Nirvana, or if I wore a t-shirt that said Tupac, like, for me to be a little kid and have a Tupac t-shirt on, every day at school, someone would be like, what's up, bro? Like, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. Like, and I'd be like, you don't get it. I'll tell you every single word to every Tupac song. That's all I listen to. Like, I'll wear this t-shirt and get beat up for it if I have to, because that's how much this music means to me. Yeah. And, yeah. Same, and nowadays, it's just, like, another t-shirt, you know? It's like, oh, yeah. people aren't really connected to music in that same way it's like a different experience now which i don't know if that's bad or good but i just like to i like to try to find a way to really connect with you know where i'm from and and try it's like that's what it's all about it's like discovering myself as i go along like i wanted to be tupac for how long but it's like i can't really be tupac (laughs) and you know but i'm not really like some rock and roll kid either so it's like that's what creates all this weird music that i make i think I think that's why people are starting to check for it a little bit just because mm-hmm. it kind of has it's unique because we're all unique so it's like if you really if you're an artist you should just be as honest with yourself as possible and you'll have unique sounding music and you'll really you'll be able to be special and the ones that aren't that aren't unique that are just imitating an imitation they might be big for a song or two but eventually I mean I, I, I almost think man that the term artist, right, is just being thrown around way too loosely now. Yeah. You know, like, we call everybody who makes... Like, to the point where, like, even in other genres of art or other types of art form, when you when people say, like, oh, yeah, I got an artist or this is my artist, you always think it's a musician. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's like, art is so broad and, like, there are so many other types of art. And then, like, the fact that that word has become synonymous with musician, but so many musicians are just, like, copycats, and they're just, like, imitations, and then they're not really speaking to what's true to them. It's like, are they even really artists? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. Like, we're in a weird time with music. Yeah. I just think, you know, if you're an artist, that's, that's something you're born into, and I think what it really means is that you're willing to sacrifice everything, like literally everything, to uh, discover yourself and share it, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, you see me, right now we're in Koreatown, I'm renting out this room in this beautiful ass little penthouse situation, but I move around a lot, I've been mm-hmm. everywhere, you might catch me sleeping on someone's couch one day and living in a huge house in Beachwood Canyon the next day, Hell yeah. depending yeah. on if my, if my advance came through or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not stopping, you know? I'll yeah. never quit being an artist. That's what I care about. And I care about making music and trying to get better at it. And it doesn't... That's all that's ever mattered, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm hyper-ambitious and I'm out here trying to bring my songs to the people, but at the end of the day, if you left me in the woods... I would start carving shit and trying to figure out a way to make instruments mm-hmm. and, and sing. And that's mm-hmm. just what I like to do. And I think that's what an artist is, you know, like, 
a lot of rappers are just businessmen, you know, who yeah. are like who figured out a way to get money out here, and they could have been getting money selling drugs or doing something else, and they decide to keep it more positive and start rapping and like use that as a hustle. And you have to respect that too. But what I don't respect quite as much, I guess, is the kids who are just like just only rapping so that they can like sleep with girls or whatever, because it's like that lasts for a few years. And, you know. mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of that, and you can hear it. Like I don't listen when I hear music like that. I feel nothing, you know. Yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. I th- I think that's what I kind of am like, kind of fighting against, sort of. Like it's not like I'm not coming after anyone. I'm not trying to like throw hell shade everywhere, but it's just like you know, like when you make music, would you do that forever if there was no money, no women, mm-hmm. no alcohol, no drugs around you when you did it? Would you still do it? I would. You know, mm-hmm. I will continue to do it forever, no matter what. So, anyone who's not on my level with that, it's like I'm never gonna look up to you. But you know, I mean, okay. So then, how does it, how does it, how does it work when you're with, you know, because you're a songwriter also. So, yeah. so you know, for those that don't know, I mean, a songwriter, you you get paid to make people hot shit. I you know what them, I mean? I give them the swag. Exactly. So like, but but so so so, and 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 even, it's almost like naturally, if somebody is not. I mean, granted, I get there's like songwriters and there's vocalists and there's like you know. Now I'm not saying that if you don't write your own songs, you are not an artist by no means. But like, inherently, if you need somebody else to write your song for you, there is a level of like. I hate to keep using this word inauthenticity, but there's almost like this level of like uh, you're you're not equipped enough to do it alone. Like basically, I'm saying like you're working with the people that you're sort of talking about, kind of. I mean, no, actually, I haven't. Like everyone I've worked with, I mm-hmm. feel like I really click with them. And I mean, people by the time they hear this podcast, or maybe some people know about her already, but the person I work with the most closely is this girl, P and Mia. Just yeah, yeah. I always see you posting stuff with her, like, but I, I never peeped her stuff. She's gonna be, she's gonna be something. And you know, she's an eighteen-year-old girl. Like she's hella young, and it's true. I battle with this. Like, am I being like that? You know, I grew up knowing about soul music and '90s R&B music, and now I'm giving it to this little girl from Guam who has nothing to do with like the '90s. <laughs> like, I mean, nothing to do with the American urban music experience that I grew up in but she you know I think everyone has to play their role and like the idea is like that's my music too mm-hmm. when I write a song for somebody I don't look at it like I'm just trying to get paid that's what it's about there's a lot of writers out here that are just like let's write a hit and get the check but to me it's like I wanna of course I wanna write a hit I'm trying to you know I'm trying to make songs that people connect to but I want people to know oh like Marky Basie wrote that song, I can tell. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want it to be when you hear Pia or if you hear, you know, whoever I'm working with. Um, if it's even if it's fucking, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll write for everyone. <laughs> but uh, I want it to be like, damn, I can hear it. Like the songwriter was really going in, mm-hmm. like just like the singer is. And sometimes you write a song where it's like that would be better if. That such and such. If Chris Brown sang this, it would be amazing because mm-hmm. I've worked with him before and he has an insane voice and an insane talent that I don't have. So that's still my art. It's just getting, it's going through a different vessel that is uh, 
more appropriate for that, that particular project. Now, do you ever, when you're writing stuff for other people, have you ever specifically, you know, I just want you to get a little vivid in the time where you felt like, man, this is this is something that I really wouldn't do, or this is something that I'm just doing for the money, or this is something that, you know, like, what's the feeling inside at those moments? I mean, I, I really don't do that. Like, mm -hmm. I, I can find, like, I find love in a lot of different kinds of music, you know? Like, if I, if Iggy Azalea called me in for a session right now, even though I'm, like, talking shit about her, and I'm, like, in a way... And I no, 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 you no. Know, but there's a like in a lot of ways, like I don't. Like, I would say you're just being honest. Yeah. So I have feelings about that, but if she was like, "Let's get a session," I would do it, and I would just try to like do something as real to me as possible. Mm -hmm. And if she could bring something that sounded good and sounded real to it, then that would be great. And it's not mm -hmm. like in any. Uh, I feel like I can always be true to myself, and I don't feel like I ever cheat myself. Mm -hmm. I haven't thus far. Um, and so, you know, like, I just try to keep it like that wherever I go. And I think that's what's been, you know, recently in the past year, like, how I've been really getting by. Because it's tough out here. Like, you see you see kids, you know, you, you see people on tour. You might see us, you know, whatever. I'm, like, in the hotel smoking weed, having fun. But, like, really, in the music industry, like, even if you have a hit, like, I worked on that song, Beat It. That's a gold record. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes a year to get paid. Yeah, for those that don't know, yeah, Mark uh, wrote some of Beat It, uh, Sean Kingston, Chris, Chris Brown. Brown. But, but, like, and that, that was even, honestly, like, a small contribution I did to that song that ended up leading to more songwriting gigs, which mm -hmm. I've been doing. But it's really hard to get paid, you know? So it's like, you have to just, you have to really, like, it's like a job, you know? It turns mm -hmm. into, like, I have my career as an artist, and then I have, like, my day job is, like, writing songs. And you want to be... You know, even if you work at a desk all day and you, like, are a data entry or some bullshit job that you don't like, the only way you can get by doing that is by being like, I'm going to have good form when I do this. I'm going to be happy with the people around me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a good-ass job and, like, try to get it done efficiently and, like, thoroughly yeah. and with spirit. And that's the same way that I approach writing songs. It's like sometimes I'll get called in on, like, a pop session for, like, some young girls or for a young like whatever a young singer who maybe needs like some help figuring out like this kind of new wave like R&B shit that I kind of know about and I, I listen to them singing and I'm like you know like I could probably do that better than they could <laughs> but like I like their energy I like their spirit and if they're good people like just go hard and you know yeah. try to try to turn it into a positive and that's kind of how I approach the day job of like songwriting or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it's when it's not all the way fulfilling is doing your own music. It's yeah, I feel you, man. I mean, that's kind of the same thing with me and my film stuff. It's like, you know, I the project that I'm working on, I just told you about, right? Like I've been working on that for two years, and that's the baby, and like the public still doesn't know about it, and I cannot wait for that day to come when like I can tell people more about it. But like, you know, for now it's like, man, like I I just did a gig with Toyota and I've been doing this like sort of long-standing gig with Sprite and like it's like yeah like I don't even really drink soda you know what I'm saying like I don't like I don't I don't I don't really uh, you know Sprite is a is a cool company in terms of like the 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 platform that they're giving me to like showcase things that I think are dope and like you know like encourage people to like get into the arts and stuff but like you know 
like you said, man, it's like that's kind of like the day job, and like you just yeah. you know, but uh, but but at the same time, it's like I'm not going out and telling kids like, yo, drink this sugar water. You know what I mean? I'm like, there's there's something like there's a greater picture behind it that like I can sleep at night that I'm working with this like soda company. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. like. Yeah, man. Um, I'm about to get dropped now. You just said. Nah, 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 not at all, man. Sprite knows it's all love, man. Uh, go to SpritePort.com, everybody. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, man. You know, so it's like, um, um, what else, man? Uh, so okay, you know, before we start getting to like this current stuff, because I'm really feeling your project, man. I want to talk about that, but uh, but man, like, explain to me like what it's like to be young. In a band, the front man of the band, signed a record label, and you think signed to a record label, and you know, touring all over the country, man. Like a lot of people want to know what that's like, man. Like I've I've had tastes of it with like working with Tiny Tempa and like going on tours and you know even just knowing all my my friends that are musicians and stuff. But like you know, let people know what what that what that lifestyle is like. I mean, it was really amazing. It was uh, such a good experience. And it was really good the way we did it, too, because we had worked really hard leading up to that, even. Mm-hmm. And we had really uh, honed our craft as live performers. And so it's like, that was, you know, just being on stage with the guys and playing, you know, that many people contributing musically and that intensely to something. Like, a lot of heat was coming off the stage when 2M Club played. Mm-hmm. Like, I could tell, you know, it wasn't just me, it was everybody on stage and I could feel the crowd like every crowd we ever played to yeah it was, I'm not it was trying crazy. to toot our own horn baby. no 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 you know, I mean I, I, really I witnessed it man yeah. it was I mean all, I've, I've been to like five six of y'all shows in New York yeah. and like seen them at big venues seen them at small venues and yeah. like dude every time people were like yo yeah. this is some hot shit and you guys have such a loyal fan base too yeah so it was cool cause it was like we had the music part was really there it wasn't like the hype wasn't ever bigger than the the music was always actually I think bigger than the hype and you know and the stature um, so it was a lot of fun and like you know me and the guys we like to party we really did all that shit you know we had the hotel rooms cracking after the shows mm-hmm. and that shit was all important to us you know it was just so much fun like I think it was almost better that we never really like we toured as like an opening band but we were good enough to attract a lot of attention while we were out on the road. But we were never, like, on some, like, holy shit, you know, it's like Justin Bieber coming through where, mm-hmm. like, you can't even experience life. Like, every city I went to, we would we'd pull in the van. I, you know, I, I read in the back of the van, mm-hmm. listen to music, chill out, you know, play video games when we had, you know, the nicer, uh, like, Sprinter vans or whatever if we were on a bus or some shit like that. But I just... We'd get to the the spot and like sound check, and I would just go run around every city. I've been, you know, I know my favorite restaurants from yeah. Bur- from Burlington, Vermont, to San Diego. You mm-hmm. know, from you know all across the country, and we all experienced all these places together. And obviously, like different girls and groups of funny like stories of us just being out of place in different sorority houses and you know all yeah. the, just like fun all that fun shit that you would think we really got to experience it on a level of just being like normal kids mm-hmm. and damn that was fucking fun you know yeah. I, I look at people that are like 
were way more on than us, and I know that they didn't get it in like we did because like they couldn't because they have to go hide and like yeah, we're just yeah. like we were real just we were just bringing music, and even if people didn't know who we were, it's not like like after we would perform a show, people didn't like come want to be with us because they knew our name. They wanted to hang out because we had fucking fun on stage, mm-hmm. and they could tell that that party that was going on on stage was probably going to continue. Keep going, you yeah. Know? <laughs> so it's like. Even to this day, like, I laugh about that because that's, you know, if you're in a bar, just like some in some random town at a random time, and there's a guy up there killing it on guitar and singing, he could be 40 years old, you'll start to see the people will be looking at him. If he's really killing, he'll be like, damn, this guy's tight. Maybe I'll scoot my chair closer and watch him play. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a few single whatever women at the bar will be like, damn, he's kind of yeah, yeah. cool up there. Like, I want to go see this too. Yep. That's kind of really what Twin Club was. Like, it's the, the, the mist of the musician. Yeah, it was like, yeah. it was all about the music, and people mm-hmm. just liked how we played, and how we played together, and they wanted to be a part of that. And, you know, it was just, it was, that was the best, the best aspect of it to me, was just like, at the end of the day, we just looked at each other, and we just jammed, and we just rocked out. We were a rock band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, when you, we when you... played hard. Man, when you when you say you know like um, you guys realized that it, it was it was a little too hard to keep the the six man team going. It was yeah. it was that something that was it like a label thing like you know like not no support from the label or was it like just like it's too expensive or like you guys are not able to like the six of y'all. I mean I can't I can't imagine splitting a check three four ways but like six ways. You I know mean, that that part was always hard because you know you get a check. You might get signed for, you might have a half a million dollar budget, and like you'll see that shit will turn into like, oh, I got fifteen grand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. That money, that money is nothing in the music industry because managers, lawyers, tour, <laughs> tour managers, all that. But that that comes to the territory. But that what broke us up was never financial. Um, it's really you know the our label didn't do a good job. You know, I could I would say that to them too, not to like hate, but they really didn't do a, a good job with us, especially mm-hmm. and like that's just part of the business. And you know, I could get into like specific business things that happened, like just as an example, when our first single was actually succeeding. Which one was this? Called "Worry About You." Oh yeah, yeah. What, um, what, that was a great song. Yeah, we had cracked the top forty at pop radio, and it was kind of like it was turning into something. We were on like bigger tours. And our entire radio staff left our uh, label and moved to a different label, you know, right in the middle of it. So then our label, the new radio staff came in. They didn't give a shit about us. You know, they were like, whatever, top 40 is not shit. You don't, you're not really making waves until you're like top 20, top 15. Mm-hmm. So they were like, we'll just, we'll be cool on Twin Club till next year. Just, you know, have them chill out. And so stuff like that happened. It's unfortunate, but I don't even think about that really. That's just it is what it's it is. It's a part it's of part the of process. The yeah, like I'm not even. I'm really happy the way everything went because I feel like what I'm doing now, and this goes back to why Two M Club isn't together now. I think is at the end of the day, everyone really wanted to express themselves a certain way. All all five of us. It was six of us, but five like you know members that were in it since day one, and all all of us had our own vision, and we just couldn't. We couldn't all feel like we were um, being fulfilled artistically all together you know mm. just like Matt Reagan 
is one of the best musicians I've ever heard. Not even, you know, ever. And I've listened to everyone from all time. Like, he's so incredible mm -hmm. as a musician, the way, to me, the way he plays guitar and the way he thinks about music and how unique he is. And, like, he couldn't do that into him. But for, like, how long? It was only a matter of time until he felt that way. And me, like, how long was I going to be able to... Like, me and Tyler had a great chemistry, and I always felt it, and I felt very strongly about it, but it was inevitable. And people would say that to me, and I'd be like, no, nah, it's not like that at all, but it was true. It's like, I don't I don't want to share vocals on every song I ever do. There's no way that I was going to be able to do that forever, because it's just like, sometimes you got to get some shit off your chest, and mm -hmm. if he needs to also, it's like... You know, you guys have to like find a common ground in yeah, the song. Every time, and, yeah, yeah, it's always like, well, what are you talking about? What am I? So sometimes yeah. like this shit just don't work, and um, we can still make music together. You know, even now, like he just flew out to LA and we made some songs together and worked on stuff for other people, and and you know, and the same thing goes with uh, all you know, Sauce and Dave too. Um, I must feel really comfortable because I'm really going <laughs> in depth, but you know. uh it's the same, like, you know, Dave can do everything musically. And so he just would always feel like, I don't know if I like what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I can hear it in my head a different way. And so he had to, you know, respect himself. Yeah. And and Sauce the same way, too. Sauce, you know, our bass player, he was probably looking at us all like, you guys are all a bunch of spoiled bitches. Like, why can't we just agree on this shit and, like, move forward? Because that was his, he was more like a real team player, you know, and really... He's a bass player. He was holding it down, you know, mm -hmm. and that's like he played his role. And I just all that shit, man. All the personalities, all those years matched with not being successful enough to like really sustain us all in the way that we would like to, mm -hmm. you know. And that's not. And we might. You never know. Like we still have songs that are great songs on deck that we haven't even released that we might put out. And I don't know what the future holds, but it just came to that point when it was like. This, this can't this can't go on forever and it's cool because it also has a lot to do with timing you know it's like we were a little before where we were supposed to be at I think with that music yeah man it's almost like if you would have came out closer to now maybe yeah if like, 2 was coming yeah. up right now oh my yeah. god it would be over but I don't you know even that like I'm proud of that mm -hmm. I want to be ahead yeah. like I don't ever want to be like one of those people that just popped off because he was right in the right pocket of time mm -hmm. I'd rather be you know, I like hearing people that are coming up now who are a little younger than me, like in the early, like 20 or whatever, and they're like big fans of 2AM Club because that actually happens a lot in like a lot of the songwriting sessions I do yeah. with younger singers. They'll be like, oh my God, like, I love 2AM Club. And that makes me feel like we're still like out there. You know, our music is yeah, still, yeah, yeah, it for still sure. matters. And so like whatever we do now, and as I like enter this next phase as a, you know, a current solo artist... I know that my music is going to connect that much more because 2AM Club isn't something that people look back on like that was cute for its time. Remember when we all loved that? Mm -hmm. They look at it more like, yo, that music, you guys just slept on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I still play the records, man. Like, yeah. I mean, it's that album had so many joints on it. Like, yeah, it's still a lot. Yeah, man. For sure. Um, and even like the mixtape stuff, man. Like, I like a lot of joints off Moon Tower, too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, man, so, all right, so, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, you now, solo, uh, Mr. E. Basie. Yeah. Um, what's the, what's the, well, first off, what's up with the name? Um, well, you know. I don't think I ever asked you this. 
Huh? I don't think I ever asked you this. It's like. Well, like everyone always called me Marky mm-hmm. growing up. My name is Mark. And my collaborator in my solo endeavors is this uh, producer, uh, also like an amazing graphic designer. If you guys see like my. Yeah. yeah. All my cover art and all my shit. Isn't it? Fresh. It's like a reference to some like older stuff, right? I mean. I mean, yeah, it's like minimalist kind of. I, I just remember some stuff in the pulled. '90s that looked similar. I mean, he he pulls from a lot of things, and he mm-hmm. it's like uh, I wouldn't even be able to tell you like what um, what specific like era of art or whatever he's yeah, really yeah. referencing, but he he uh, he switches it up a lot. He did one thing that was like a George O'Keefe like homage kind of thing, and mm-hmm. then but. Anyways, that's that's his name is Alex Howe, and his producer name was Count Basie. Okay. Like B A S S Y, and I was trying to like get him to be more involved in music because mm-hmm. he was kind of he's so amazingly talented and he's kind of dabbling in it, and so I've kind of like I took his name. That's like bro, I'm I'm stealing the fucking name. <laughs> so like you come with me so we can really be out here, and I love I just like it, you know. I just kind of feel like it explains who I am. In a weird way, and I always wanted to have like a a moniker, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I'm Mark Griffin, you know. When it's all said and done, yeah. it's all good. But Mark and Bessie is a it's like a project. That's okay. I, I like to look at it like that. It's like something that I've created, and that I know I know what it represents. It's like it's like conscious music, mm-hmm. but it's still like you can turn up to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's got that, that... I mean, this project, you just put out Only the Poets, man. I love how um, it starts from with that speech from... Um, James Baldwin. James Baldwin, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, talking about how... And this is something I really feel, man, how, like, artists are... Like, I, I feel like my job as an artist is to... Um, is to just always show people the real, right? It's to always show... Especially, like, the next generation... You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like it's my job to document what is going on right now and to just give people, and especially through my art and my films, it's like, give people a look at, here is contemporary culture, and like, this is, maybe it's not like, this is what we need to do, and this is what we need to do about it, but like, this is a look at my generation, and this is a look at what's going on in our generation, and like, this is how we are expressing ourselves, and this is what we feel and this is the honest truth of that mm-hmm. and like you know um it's like you know james baldwin was saying like in in the in the piece that you took on the intros is pretty much like the artists are the only ones that know the truth about us you only know? the poets only man. the poets yeah 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 man it's that's kind of what my whole has been kind of my mantra like when you come from where i'm from in the bay area you know there's kind of there's a lot going on in the Bay Area. There's a lot of uh, of money being made in, you know, new technologies. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, uh, there's everything. There's fucking, you have parts parts that you can't, you know, people are getting shot and killed in all the time and crazy violence. But then right next door, there's like insane wealth. And I was kind of, I've been around a lot of different scenarios growing up and couldn't find ever couldn't find anything worth my time other than trying to get in front of people and say some shit and that's to me like 
only the poets is like, what else can you do? You know, I can't imagine like just getting locked up in a in an office and like just pushing paper all day or nothing against that. Like that's you know, my dad did that his whole you know his whole life and worked really hard to like make it out from where he was from and I admire people that actually can do that but when you do that I feel like you sort of you forfeit a part of yourself mm. and to not forfeit that part is to struggle you know it's like to be an artist is a fucking struggle <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful struggle but yeah it's a beautiful struggle but sometimes it's a very ugly struggle yeah you know <laughs> it's like it's not you know it's not easy and even when you become really successful and if you if you taste that real money as an artist too it's not even cool then you know mm -hmm. it's really like I'm, I work with all kinds of people now you know major artists and I've been around everybody and you don't see too many just stable happy people at the top either mm -hmm. so it's like you're either broke and struggling and trying to make it or you make it and then you like you know put cocaine in the weed and <laughs> stay blasted all day and don't know what you're doing. Why is that? What? Why is that? You know, I mean, why? Why is it that you know? I mean, when people make this money and they have the success and they have the things that you know they they dreamed of, that they're still not happy. I mean, happiness is a weird thing. You know, I've never figured it out. I don't think anyone has. Uh, if you take the Zen approach, which I I like to do, you know, life is suffering. And the universe is perfect, but you know your your particular life is like suffering. But the backdrop is is already there. The backdrop is perfect, and so when you're living life, moment to moment, you can feel it all. You know, and it's like when you when you hit your wagon to like a train of like I need success, I need money, I need these certain things to make me feel like I've achieved something which is what a lot of musicians do. Like, I want a platinum record. I want, you know, girls to be waiting in the lobby for me when I'm at the hotel. I want, you know, I want a, I want a Benz or I want a fucking Phantom or I want a penthouse apartment in Paris and LA, whatever. When you attach yourself to all those things and that's what you're going for, those are all empty promises to begin with. Like, none of those are gonna bring you happiness no matter what, they can't, not even close. So then when you achieve them and you realize you worked all this time to get to this place and you still see that that was just a vapid fantasy that really wasn't offering that much, you really got to deal with yourself. And people are people are afraid to do that, you know? It's really hard to deal with yourself. I've never dealt with, I haven't dealt with myself yet, you know? And I can feel like as I, as I grow up, that's something that I'm going to have to have to at some point, you know? Yeah, like, I mean... It's, it's hard. I think, man, you have to you have to be happy without anything, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's like, um, you know, uh, like uh, different different like religious approaches and all this stuff. Like, there's some like Eastern stuff I'm sure that says like, you know, like I don't know if this is like Buddhism or something, but it's like possessions. They like are evil. I mean, there's like extremes like that, you know, yeah. where like if you if you're not happy when you're like naked and poor and have nothing to eat, like that's when you should be happy. And if you're not happy at that moment, then you're never gonna be happy like with anything. Yeah, you know what I mean? With course, any of the riches. Yeah, or... Happiness comes from within. That's yeah. the bottom line. So yeah. it's kinda like when you when you actually do succeed and you have a lot of things around you to 
to distract you from going within and finding happiness, it just makes it that much more difficult, I think so. Yeah. But you know, I've never even cared, honestly, about, I never think about happiness, like, am I happy right now? I just, I'm always just trying to make music and that makes me happy, so. So I think you're 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 yeah, in a in a roundabout way, yeah. You I'm know, pretty, I'm smooth. Right? Yeah, yeah, you're good, man. It's never been a problem. <laughs> yeah, um, man, what is it? What is it? Uh, I guess you know, like now that your music is out there and people are receiving it, like how does it feel? Is it is it, and how is it going? I mean, one one first off, man, like I I text you, you know, when I when I heard the project, it was like, yo, this because I I think I listened to it like two weeks later. And I was like, damn, I, like, why didn't I listen to it when it first dropped? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, dude, I, I was really, really impressed, man. And, um, I mean, you even introduced me to, like, an artist that I really like now and that I've been, like, bumping her Cloud 19, Kehlani. Yeah. Like, I haven't heard of her before Lock It Up. Yeah. And, like, now I'm, like, just listening to her stuff, too. Like, yeah. it's a lot of, a lot of hot shit on there, man. Yes, I mean, it's going really good, bro. Yeah. I, like, it's only been, we've really only been doing this for, like, six months, and it's mm -hmm. already getting to a level where like we're gonna be going on tour in October and I feel like I have you know the right sort of personalities around me to mm -hmm. start to build it up again and this is what I do you know I start I start little mini movements and see how far I can take them and yeah 2M was the last one now this one's just getting started and this one's you know more so on my shoulders than 2M Club was kind of on all of our shoulders equally mm -hmm. so it's a different feeling but you know I have people that I love and care about that I work with which is really nice and I mean I've always had that but uh, I've kind of like reached back into my past to like grab people that I always wished were with me this whole time with 2M Club that never could mm -hmm. um, so now I got some of them with me which is cool and you know we got got my man Nick Knack uh, with me too and he's turning into like one of the biggest urban producers in the world you know he produced Loyal he's the best crazy so we like the whole squad is kind of cool right now it's, it's nice to be a part of this little Bay Area movement man oh I'm it's crazy man I mean dude I, I, we're, I, we're being serious right it's now. not a lot of people I, I feel like it's it's sort of known but like it's not you know it's not being talked about, and there's not a lot of press on it, but, man, I mean, you got you, Kehlani, I Am Sue, um, Sage the Gemini. Yeah, G I mean, Easy. HBK, g Easy. I mean, yeah. it's 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 crazy, man, like, how many... Knick-Knack, too. Like, Knick-Knack Nick, Nick made the hottest song in a decade. Yeah. That's like, it's, it's, it's all the way to Bay Area, too. People, a lot of people don't really realize that. Yeah, man. Well, uh, what do you think it's going to take, I guess? I mean, or, or is it even, like, is it going to be a... I mean, because I've been there a few times, but, like, I, what, what, what's the vibe there? Is it, like, you know, Atlanta has an industry of hip-hop, you know what I mean? They, like, like there's a, yeah. L.A. has a movement, but there's also, like, an industry of music in L.A. Yeah. Like, is it is it like that there, or is I it... Like, it's weird, because New York, well, Atlanta and L.A. are dominated, I feel like, by the entertainment well, I can't really speak that much to Atlanta, but I've been to Atlanta to write, and I've hung out there a little bit, and, like, people are, like, grinding in Atlanta. Like, the clubs are, like, Hollywood clubs. You mm -hmm. know? It's the same thing. They're yeah. even more turned up in that kind of yeah, industry, yeah, 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 yeah. in that crazy industry way. Like, yeah. listen, you know, cats are giving each other, like, they're passing their CDs out and shit and, like, pushing that real hard line yep. in Atlanta and L.A. for their music. And, uh... 
in the bay like yeah it's not really like that you know i mm-hmm. don't know it's just not it's like it's it's uh, feels more relaxed and you know the people really winning in the bay are like the people that work at google and facebook and shit yeah, yeah you know yeah. like people aren't tripping off you know what the kids are doing with music mm-hmm. that's something for us you know and that's kind of what makes it special like we uh someone else that i'm like associated with that i work with are these kids uh this kid nima and he owns that company, Pink Dolphin, right? And, uh, okay. Pink and Dolphin, they started in the Bay, right? That's a Bay Area company, yeah. you know. Pink Dolphin is all the way. And, like, they had a little show on Hay Street the other day. And it was like, I played, I was like the opener, opener, but I played, uh, Audio Push played, and then, like, Cool John and HBK, I Am Sue, like, close it out. Mm-hmm. I kid you not, it was 20,000 people there. Wow. You know? The, like, all of Hay Street was filled up. So, like, the Bay Area is really checking for the Bay Area. And mm-hmm. it's, like, I think L.A. is, too, and I think, you know, I think everywhere is. But it's, an, it's like, kids in the Bay Area who work up there, they're not, like, thinking, how do I get to, like, L.A.? Mm-hmm. Some of us are. Like, some of us came down early on, like me. Yeah. But, like, you know, I'm Sue and Sage, like, they live in the Bay still. Mm-hmm. You know? Stage probably making it happen up there. Yeah, like they're making it happen from there, and they're going all over the world, obviously, and like doing it just as much as anybody. But it's just it's one of those places where like I think the object is more to support each other mm-hmm. and like keep the Bay Area sound alive in the Bay Area and make yeah. sure everyone from the Bay remembers like this is our music. Like we create this feel good, this feel good, but it's super turned up. Like we invented this shit. I mean, it all started with E Forty, right? It all started with E Forty, with Mac Dre, with, with Mac Dre, yeah. a lot, a lot of the like the Bay Area like producers. They mm-hmm. were making that real like Bay Area sound, even from the hyphy movement. Like, I don't think DJ Mustard like like stole the sound or anything like that. But he's just heavily influenced by the Bay Area sound. It's no denying it. Like, yeah. And Atlanta got their sound too. You know, it's all it's all good. Like the Bay Area loves Atlanta music and loves New Orleans music even more. You know, mm-hmm. they're very connected. Like. A lot of places in Oakland and, you know, San Francisco and Marin City, like, a lot of places in the Bay are filled with people from the South, too, you know, mm-hmm. so we, like, we, we love music from down there, but I think the Bay is just all about supporting itself and, like, continuing this, like, legacy that we have, and mm-hmm. whether it, like, blows up or not, it just depends on whoever the biggest star is out of the Bay at the time. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I think we're kind of waiting for our, like, YG right now, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. We don't really, like, Sage, I guess, and I am sure are kind of like that, but, you know. Yeah. And I think that those guys, too, are, like, especially Sage. I think Sage is a... I mean, I mean, especially I am Sue, rather. Uh, I think he's, like, a... He's, like, a star in the industry. You know what I mean? Like, he's, like, a... Everybody in the industry wants to work with him. And, like... He's fucking great. You know, but, like, he's not... He's almost not as big outside. You know what I mean? If that yeah. makes any sense, like... People know his songs, but don't. Everyone doesn't necessarily know him. Either. Yeah, 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 you know? But he's a beast, man. I, I, I thought his project was super dope. My man did his um album artwork, who's from the Bay, too, Sylvester. You know yeah, Sylvester? Yeah, I know Sylvester. Yeah. He works with Kalani, too. Yep, uh-huh. So, um... So yeah, man. You know, it's, I'm I'm excited to see what's uh what's gonna happen with you guys, man. Um, 
Man, so uh, what, what's what's good, man? What's next? Um, you know, tell people like uh, what you have on the horizon. Um, I think that we're working on this next the next mixtape right now. Mm-hmm. We're on tour in October. Because this was volume one. This is volume one. Okay. Yeah. I don't even know if the next one's necessarily gonna be volume two, but I always like I like when people do that. Okay. <laughs> um. So. We're gonna have the next one probably coming out in like December, mm-hmm. and I got I'll be like uh, I got actually I got a song on stage with Gemini. I don't even know if he knows that, but I got a, I got a song with him. I'm just playing. He knows. Uh, I made it. Uh, I sent it to him. He put a verse down. So okay. I didn't actually do it with him, but I got so I got some cool like little tuck songs that I'm gonna be putting out intermittently uh, as we lead up to this next project and just building it really organically. Like I'm not. I'm doing everything independently now. Um, Intentionally, no label. I mean, you know, you I get called into like labels that have meetings and they want to know like what's going on, but I have I haven't gotten any like crazy offers or nothing like that yet. But depending, I, it's like man, if you're looking for like if it comes, it comes. But if you're looking for like a record deal now, it's like that's not the thing to be looking yeah, yeah, for. Yeah, not at all. So I'm not I'm not worried about that. But yeah, so we just. Or just like grinding, bro. It's just like back to square one, but with like a little different mentality. And I'm better now, you know, mm-hmm. than I used to be at making songs and performing and doing everything yeah. that it takes to, you know, be successful. So it's cool. I have a really this crazy like mashup idea <laughs> that I'm doing that I'm going to be putting out in the next like two weeks or so. That's like a blend of a song that I've recently written. And like an old classic uh, song that I can't give away, but that's the next release that I'm gonna do. Okay, it's gonna. I'm really, really excited about that particular thing. Dope, dope. Um, and uh, where can people find you, man? I know your SoundCloud is is popping, man. Yeah, the sound. This is on SoundCloud, so give them that. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So SoundCloud uh, backslash M A R C underscore E underscore Basy. That's B A S S Y. And uh, you can find all my songs on YouTube. We got uh, MarkyBasie.com is rocking. You know, Facebook, same thing. Um, Twitter, Instagram, it's all Marky Basie. Uh-huh. It's all appropriately uh, branded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As they say. So, you know, checking in. I'm, uh, I'm into talking to people about all this kind of stuff and... You know, I know I'm uh, I'm kind of long-winded when I get interviewed. Nah, <laughs> man, which is, this is but, perfect, man. Yeah. This is what podcasts are for, man. Yeah. That's why I love doing them, man. Yeah, definitely. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big fan. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it all, man. If people want to holler at me, I like, I like uh, talking to people about what's going on. Dope, man. Dope. All right. Well, uh, guys, check out Mark. Check out his project, Only the Poets. It's, it's really dope. I got it on Spotify and SoundCloud. I've been listening to it. Like very very often, um, and um, what's going on with me right now that I can tell you guys? Um, colors, the last colors is uh in New York for this year, going on a winter break. So um, if you are in New York Friday, this Friday, and you know because the last one is free ninety nine before uh, midnight or something like that. So yo, come out. We got a new venue in Brooklyn. It's gonna be crazy. Uh, it's at Littlefield. Go to nyc.mycolorsparty.com. Rock out with us for one last time. Um, if you guys uh, update on some of the film stuff, some of the stuff that I've been doing with Sprite is up. So go to YouTube.com slash Sprite. 
and you can check out a lot of interviews there. Um, and then uh, I just shot a campaign with this company called Bevel that's coming out soon. So you guys be on the lookout for that. Um, it's a really cool shaving company, and we did uh, some profiles of some people in L.A. Um, and, yeah, other than that, man, again, you guys can support the podcast with as little as a $1 tip. Go to patreon.com slash Jabari. Thank you for all those that have already supported and are keeping it going. All right. Uh, talk to you guys very, very soon. Peace.